everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May, and we're here once again to talk UGA football recruiting. And it's not like anything happened this this weekend, Jed. You know, if you're alluding to our New Orleans trip, then no, nothing did happen. Uh, what happens <laughs> in New Orleans stays in New Orleans. Uh, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately for a lot of our uh, people on the vault, uh, there was there was. You know, Justice Haynes going to Alabama over Georgia. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about some decisions that are upcoming and lots of lots of different things uh, that are going on in the world of world of recruiting. You know, Georgia's all, all the way up to tenth now. I think they were down uh, what at one point sixteen, seventeen, something like that in the in the rankings at one point, and now they're up to ten with a chance to Jed. Believe it or not, even with the uh, Justice Haynes news, there they have an opportunity to potentially be in the top three before this next weekend is over with. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it later in the show, I'm sure. But and Georgia has a very good chance to land three, I'm trying to think, rival. I mean, four star rivals, two fifty guys in the next five or six days. So if we do that. We did the math on this earlier, Blaine. Georgia could end up getting up to third. I think. I mean, obviously, some of that depends too on if there's other movement for other schools this week. But, but yeah, yeah if, I mean, for all the, the way it worked the, out was if, if everybody stayed yeah. the same, they'd go up to third. Yeah. So I mean, with the all the hand wringing that's going on right now, and and again, some of it too is how does certain positions of need look? Like it's not necessarily all a raw numbers game necessarily, but with all the hand wringing and stuff, Georgia's class um, still has a chance to be sitting at third in the rivals team rankings this time next week. Yeah, absolutely. So, and of course, uh, Georgia on the the defensive side of the ball lands Troy Bowles. So you talk about a a peak and then a valley. It seems like in the world of recruiting, Troy Bowles, who is a fantastic inside linebacker prospect, and really capped off a tremendous uh, haul in this twenty twenty three class for uh, Glenn Schumann and the Georgia Bulldogs on the interior part of the uh, defense. There, the second level of the defense. Now they have C.J. Allen, um, Raylan Wilson, and Troy Bowles all committed in this class. And you go from that to the very next day of a rather unexpected uh, Alabama commitment. And I do mean unexpected. So uh, it was it was absolutely a uh, swift turn of events, if you will, Jed. Yeah, and and we've we've all kind of been laying the cards on the table over the past day or two, just what happened here from my perspective right we're sitting in our in new orleans on um well i guess let's start with you blaine because you had heard you posted on the board yesterday you had heard from the haynes family hey we might need a commitment video for georgia coming soon we'd heard whispers that it could have been this weekend so we're sitting in new orleans yesterday and then i'm in the hotel room i get a call from justice haynes he says yeah i don't i don't know no one no one knows yet i'm gonna be committing this afternoon and i was like okay this is this is matching up with what blaine's been hearing and justice says yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be committing to alabama and i was like what no, that <laughs> was like, not that was not matching up with any that was that was not been here. and that's the thing is and i've seen some people note this on the board but we report what we hear from our trusted sources right and what i have heard what you've heard what trent's heard what roddy's heard all of us have heard all along that um that this was going to be georgia i mean i checked with some georgia sources last night and they were like yeah even until today we still thought it was us so it's one that um, I mean, yeah, and to it, be quite to be quite honest, Jed, I think you, 
I think you knew before uh, Georgia knew that, that they I mean, were was, getting just the Saints. And, I, and it's it was – it was it was stunning to be quite honest because it was it was so because like I said I went from I was so sure I had this mindset of like okay I'm, I already started processing my questions right I was going to ask Justice in this interview and he says Alabama and it's just a it's a hard reset right of and I and I told Justice I was going to set up an interview in the hallway of the Fairfield Inn in downtown New Orleans and I was like Justice this is this is going to really shock some people and um yeah in, in Georgia circles and he's like yeah people are going to be shocked. Um, so it, I don't think this is, I mean, everyone runs to the NIO conclusion and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's what it was And Blaine. I'm sure you agree, but, um, it's definitely one that Georgia seemed to have had the lead the whole time pretty much. And then, I mean, what justice told me was an official visit to Alabama is what really sent them to the front, which was about, you know, about a month ago, give or take. So, um, but yeah, definitely a stunning one. Um, as far as guys that went, was as much of a lock in this class as as he could possibly be, we thought. Well, let me let me just say this: I'm not saying that there is it was a what the main factor was or anything like that, but I think even with guys like Arch Manning, anything like that, I think anybody to think that NIL to a certain extent does not play a factor, I just don't think that that can be thought of anymore nil is a factor with every high four star borderline five star to five star recruit in the country to varying extents but nil is an impact with an arch man i don't care how much money they have <laughs> more money is always there right right jed i mean that, that that's kind of how it goes but um so I do think that plays a factor to a certain extent. But listen, I, you know, I think Nick Saban got personally involved in this one and called him, uh, called Justice, you know, three, four times over the last couple of weeks. And when you got one of the maybe the greatest coach to ever coach football personally pursuing you, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see how it all all shakes out. I, I I'd heard that a couple of weeks ago, but still didn't think you know it was enough to to get it going. But obviously, uh, couple the visit with that. But Jed, even in the story that that uh, I think I don't remember if it was you or another one of the national guys got it. Justice said he was uh, Nick Saban was shocked when when Nick, when Justice called him. Yeah, and that's what he said. He told Robert Gillespie for Alabama, and Robert Gillespie was like, "Whoa." And he told Saban, and Saban's like, that just made my day because I didn't expect that. And that just shows, because that's not something you hear a lot, right, of, of coaches, especially coaches of that uh, caliber, basically not a, not that they had admitted defeat necessarily, but they thought justice was going elsewhere. So, um, and, and I'm sure Georgia thought, I know Georgia thought that too. So um, it's, like I said earlier, Rich, it's, it's shocking. I mean, that might be, again, I haven't done this for like a long time or whatever, but that's probably the most um, stunning plot twist I've seen in terms of you you feel like a guy is, is locked into one school and then at the last second it it switches to um, somewhere else. But Dale McGee, you know he's he's been through the battles in this um, in this recruiting game for a long time and he knows you know it, it, it sucks to miss on your top target, but there's other guys out there like Richard Young and um, Jeremiah Love and all these other guys that he's going to turn his attention to now. Yeah, uh, so you know it, it's 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 interesting. It, it was also interesting the manner in which the the video, uh, which was very very 
Georgia heavy in the video with the hobnail boot play and all that kind of stuff. It it certainly felt like there was a little bit of a uh, personal element to this. Who knows? We'll see what what happens. Maybe the story will come uh, down the line if if uh, Justin Sainz goes on to have the career by thinks uh, thinks he he should have, and you know maybe it's a thirty for thirty one day or something like that comes out uh, down the line. But moving on or kind of moving backwards, I guess, chronologically, you go look at, you know, Troy Bowles committing to Georgia. Jed, that is no small thing. That is a huge, huge pickup for the class of 2023. One, because in in my mind, it's even a bigger endorsement for Georgia as a program and about what they do for athletes in their program when the head coach of an NFL team <laughs> says, hey, I want, you know, I'm signing off on my son – to go there now i know it was troy's decision but you know mom and daddy even at that that point have a have a little bit of say and and some momentum and things especially with you know what what we uh all know to be a good relationship in the bowls family there so i think that that's that's big momentum for georgia absolutely like you said i mean it's who knows what it takes to get into the nfl better than todd bowles who not just is an nfl head coach but is an nfl head coach with a defensive um, background emphasis, right? So, um, and I remember seeing him at Georgia's Pro Day um, that weekend, which I think coincided with the big weekend of March. Troy was here. Um, I think Pro Day was Thursday, and and the the nineteenth was that Saturday. So, like you said, Bowles Bowles is a huge, huge commitment. I know Bulldog on the board is going to love uh, having fun with that name for the next couple of years, but um, Bulldog I mean, is happy on the he's, vault. He's found the Bulls uh, in many ways. So. <laughs> But, I mean, when you look at him and C.J. Allen and, and Raylan Wilson, I mean, we look at last year, right, with the what Georgia did in in the defensive back class with all the guys they signed. You can make the argument that's inside linebacker class obviously doesn't have as many guys in terms of quantity, but is just as elite in terms of top-end guys um, that are going to make an impact throughout their careers in Athens. And, Jed, you're a national guy. Are you going to stand on the table for uh, C.J. Allen to go up the board as a uh, as a – um as a prospect not not just because he's committed to georgia but i just think he's one guy that may be you know fairly under you know underrated right now as long as i'm in a room with tall ceilings and i won't hit my head i will stand on a table uh for cj allen because he looks i mean he just i mean i haven't seen him play a game in person i might that might be um that's the ticket you gotta get down there in person stops yeah to to see him i guess live actually but like his film his he physically he looks just he's built like a tank i mean he looks like he could be um you know a big bruising running back if he really wanted to so um but i mean that i mean that's very i don't know off the top i don't believe cj allen is in the 250 right now but say he ends up getting there by the end of the cycle three rivals 250 line i mean raylan wilson and um troy bulls are in the rivals 100 yeah i believe Absolutely. so he's got two rivals 100 guys already um with another 250 guy potentially to be added so that's a I mean, what more can you say about Glenn Schumann other than he, he just keeps it going every year? Absolutely. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Schumann has really earned a reputation of being one of the best recruiters, you know, in, in the country. I mean, him, uh, Todd Hartley, they, they've really done a great job, even even with the, the Justice Haynes thing that nobody saw. And, you know, hey, technically it's not over till December and he signs on the dotted line. Del McGee's still an elite 
elite recruiter. I mean, he's done done some great things there at uh, at Georgia with running backs and also other positions. And uh, we're going to have a conversation with that as well later on in terms of uh, coaches helping out with other positions and and things of that nature. But uh, Jed, there's also some some decisions coming up. I know uh, you know Jamal Jarrett tomorrow at six thirty. Uh, you're going to be in attendance right up there in North Carolina to see if um, if Jamal Jarrett picks Georgia, North Carolina, or Auburn. Yeah, uh, Coach Donnan decided, you know what, this guy doesn't really do anything. I, he's going to send me up there to get some more barbecue for him. And uh, <laughs> while I'm there, I'm going to take in Jamal Jarrett's uh, commitment tomorrow night, 630 at uh, the Grimsley High School football stadium, which is beautiful, uh, by the way. I mean, really, really beautiful stadium there. Um, but yeah, we we all expect that to um, be Georgia. Um, it's it's really kind of been Georgia, North Carolina, I think, for a while now. Auburn got in there with a strong official visit, but North Carolina's got the home state thing. They've got Travis Shaw from the same high school, one class ahead. But ultimately, the Jordan Davis comparisons, the the relationship with Trey, the early belief in Trey Scott, you know, dating back to last year, even um, ultimately, I think, is going to have Georgia come out. Um, on top and land another, I mean, land the number, I believe he's the number two defensive tackle in the country. Um, number 50, number night. 50 overall prospect. Mm-hmm. So that would, uh, if, if, if that does go Georgia's way, um, that would move Georgia, I think up to number eight in the, in the country right there. And then two more decisions to be made. Kelton Smith, uh, you know, is, is announcing later this week. And then also Jonelle Aguirre, is announcing on the 23rd and you do that that math like we said you add in uh, the bonuses for the you know the spots for uh, potentially Jarrett and potentially Aguero in the rivals 250 and if everything were to stay the same add in Kelton Smith's points that Georgia leads for that puts Georgia at number three uh, sitting up there I think behind is it Notre Dame and uh, Notre Dame and um, Ohio State up there that one and two right now? So, you know, Georgia could really shoot up uh, in a big way this week after what is no doubt this is the Justice Haynes thing. That is that is nothing more than a straight up uh, miss. I mean that that is a miss. Georgia Georgia absolutely made it clear the entire time he was their number one priority, also a legacy. And that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. There, uh, I'm not saying they're going to give up on, uh, you know, recruiting justice either. I'm sure they'll keep you know trying until the, till the last second before the pen touches the paper. But that is a miss. But what better way to follow up a miss than maybe you know land three guys in the class of 2023 and sky uh, you know vault up the, up the recruiting board, um, you know when it comes when it comes to uh, following it up the next week. So it could be a big week for Georgia. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's one of those things where the Georgia, they've done this a lot. Sometimes you miss, you miss on Arch Manning. I mean, that was, God seems, seems so long ago. We were still talking about Arch Manning, but they, Georgia follows that up with commitments from Landon Thomas and Nykar right back to back in the next, uh, within a couple of weeks of that. So, um, this could be this conversation we're having here could have a very different tune come next um, next mon- Monday. Today is Monday. Would it be, um, I just thought of, I just thought of yeah. something. If we were comparing Kirby Smart to a boxer, now that he has a title, he has a championship. You know, that's uh, that's that's what the boxers look for. You know, they 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 UFC all that kind of stuff. They try to put the 
put the belt over their shoulder. Would it be fair to equate Kirby Smart to a, a Floyd Mayweather? He's more of a defensive fighter. You know, he's not going to go out there and, and uh, be the most aggressive in the world, but man, he can hurt you on a counter punch. So mm -hmm. uh, it seems like Kirby, Kirby and company are really good with the, the counter punch and something, something bad happens. They come right back um, with a flurry of commitments right after that. Yeah. And um, it's, and the, and the thing is too, is we, we've still got these guys that could pop at any time. And we had we had no idea. Nikar and Landon Thomas were were going to pop when they did until they they kind of gave indications the day of. So um, Connor Lou is a guy that is we're sounding like we here might decide in early August. Uh, not to say Jordan necessarily leads there. They're obviously a strong contender. I think he's still kind of sorting out where he's going to end up going. But guys that could pop at any time. A lot of these guys are going to try to get things done before the high school season starts, and that's in what probably three four weeks uh, at this point on July eighteenth. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We've still got two weeks in July and then um, a couple weeks for the high school season. So this next month is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, so we've uh, we've we've touched on kind of a, a lot of the the main you know topics here early on in the show, but now it's time to get to our vault questions here, Jed, and we'll also be answering questions on YouTube. We see a lot of the comments here. Actually, before we do that, let's uh, you know put up some of the the comments here before we read that question i think i saw some guys uh checking in oh yeah we got uh ready f he said uh wcw from west palm beach yeah so fred f is in there continuing with our pro wrestling uh, theme in there so um you know appreciate all of you guys tuning in see the green soldier in here uh brett weimer on the uh, justice haynes deal said uh, curse of the last visit um tampa dog so i presume he's from tampa uh, jed nil matters um and foster moss is he says he didn't want to come play every three plays so foster is uh you know adamant about you know rotating players less but we got a lot of people in here watching we really appreciate that hit subscribe guys a lot of people that that watch the show each week are still not subscribed it is free so uh hit that subscribe button turn on notifications so you know when we go live we really really uh appreciate it so all right Jed, what's our first question set of questions if you will from g dogs double zero g dogs double zero is georgia football over obviously a joke we'll be the judge of that um and then any new intel on richard young and has anything changed on janelle aguero do we seem to have better in-state traction in the loaded 24 class aside from the two studs already committed i think it's you know let's start backward let's start backwards um and in, in in the 24 class i think georgia as everybody did you could look at it and know that that the 2023 class in the state of georgia is not not as uh still talented but not as talented as the as some other classes before have been and certainly 2024 is one of the more talented classes that we will have seen in a long time out of the state of Georgia. There's a lot of guys in the state of Georgia. And I think that, uh, you know, that is going to, that is going to, to be a, a big, it, it's already a big focus. You look at Nikar, you look at Landon Thomas. So I think, I think Georgia does have better traction, but I think Georgia just, you know, much like somebody with a good offense, like I heard Lane Kiffin say in SEC media days uh, today, he said, hey, you know, 
we adjust our offense to our players. Well, I would imagine that Georgia adjusts how they recruit the state of Georgia based off, you know, <laughs> based off the talent that they assess in the state of Georgia. Yeah, and you got two top 40 players in the state already on board, right? And you've got K.J. Bolden, you've got Zion Radians, you've got uh, Michael Welch, a running back from ball, and you've got, I believe it's, you got Cam Davis in Albany, Florida State commit. You've got Jarrett Gibson, who I want to say is originally from Georgia. Correct me if I'm wrong, Blaine. I think so. Um You've is got, that Cam, Cam Davis? Yeah, I think he he spent some time in Georgia. Oh, so, um, I mean, gosh, there's so many of these guys. Um, like I said, Landon Thomas, number one tight end, already committed. Daniel Calhoun is is one of the yeah, top. Yeah, there's offers. lots of linemen. There's a lineman uh, lineman over at Meadow, uh, Meadow Creek. It, it's uh, you know Chance Thomas, I think is his, uh, Thompson's yeah. thing's his name. So you know there's there's Andrew lots Brown. of yeah there's lots of linemen in the state of Georgia in 2024. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, Jaden Davis is actually a quarterback that that was from the state of Georgia. Grew up uh, a Georgia fan. Was you know now he lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Goes to school at uh, Providence uh, Christian, I think, up there in Charlotte. But you know there, there's lots of guys that that have Georgia ties in the class of 2024. Uh, you know Sammy Brown. I know you mentioned Sammy, but I mean that could end up being one of the the bigger ones, uh, Jed, just because of you look at what Georgia's done at inside linebacker. I mean, come on now. And there's even guys like Miles Graham out of Woodward Academy is a really good-looking kid. We had him listed at safety on Rivals until these last rankings updates. And then I went to my room with the tall ceilings, and I stood on my table and said, this kid needs to be an outside line or inside linebacker, excuse me, because that's what he <laughs> plays at Woodward Academy. Um, I mean, he's a, a really good-looking kid. So – Florida legacy, uh, so that could uh, come into play there. But there's just so many guys that – and I think there's guys this fall, right, that could explode onto the scene that we don't even know about yet. So there's just so much talent at every position in the state of Georgia in, in 2024. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy to see how it goes um, with Georgia. And, and the thing is um, Georgia is such a national pro- – I don't, I don't know – the locking down of the state is as um, crucial as, as it once was. But when you got a class like this, like someone posted on the board earlier that, that, um, you know, there's seven of the top 10 guys in the state this year that are currently heading elsewhere. Georgia didn't, didn't heavily pursue necessarily all of those guys. Right. Yeah. Um, But to to varying degrees for sure. To varying degrees. Yeah. But next year when you've got, I mean, the top 10 guys in the state of Georgia are probably, all going to be in the top 50 in the country, then that's one of those ones where if the same pattern repeats itself next year, then that's going to be um, more of a well, here's your Here's your rankings in the state of Georgia based on how they're ranked now by rivals. Daniel Calhoun, uh, Edric Houston at Buford. You have mm-hmm. Sammy Brown, Miles Graham, Heaven Brown Schuler out of Pace Academy that's been to Georgia several times, K.J. Bolden, Cameron Davis, Zion Reagans, Nykar, Tyshawn White, who's at Buford, um, Landon Thomas, Omar White out of Leesburg, Lee, Lee County, big defensive tackle that, uh, you know, Georgia looked look to be adding another anchor there. They always looked to add that big guy in the middle, of course. C.J. Hurd, Justin Green, um, you know, you go all the way down to Jalewis Solomon, a wide receiver out of Schley County that, that, that can really play. So, 
There are uh, there's a lot of talent. Walt Claire Flynn is on there. Zion Ferguson from Grayson's on there. Um, all the way down to Dwight Phillips out of Pebble Brook, and you know, going down to like I said, Champ Thomas uh, or Champ Thompson out of Meadow Creek, and Kylan Fox. You know, down there, there's lots of guys that Georgia is involved with, and that's just the top 25 recruits in yeah. the state. Uh, mm-hmm. King Joseph Edwards, I, did, I skipped. He's on there, so it is a it is a big class. Uh, in the class of 2024 inside the state of Georgia, and one that Georgia will certainly look to capitalize on. Now let's get to Aguirre and Young. Um, as of right now, I feel that Georgia is in really good shape with Jonel Aguirre. They've kind of been the most consistent uh, team in that recruitment. You know, I know that there's been some coaching changes, but Kirby Smart and company have uh, made it quite clear how much they – they believe in and think of uh, Jonel Aguirre. I know Fran Brown really gotten involved there. Muschamp uh, is doing a lot of work there. And, you know, it, it's kind of coming down to Georgia and Miami, it seems, Jed. And, and uh, you know, a lot – know everybody's first thought is, oh, was well, Miami going to, you know, dump a lot of, you know, NIL money or something like that and right at the end. So, uh, we'll see what, what comes – what comes to play or comes uh, more in play here is that Georgia's kind of uh, vision and, and, and role of developing guys, the Lewis scene connection, all that, that he has to Georgia, or uh, is it Miami and kind of their newfound um, momentum and recruitment? Momentum. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. We, we've been hearing good things on Janelle Aguero um, dating back even to, to last summer, last fall, which, I was thinking this today. You guys might not be inclined to believe us because we said the same things about Justice Haynes uh, leading up to his commitment, but um, it happens in recruiting, right? Um, we, we were hearing really good things on Janelle Aguero. Georgia sits in a good spot with him. And when you've got him and you've got Caleb Downs as sort of the two safety targets, Georgia needs to get one of those guys. And, and you figure um, now Caleb Downs is going to Alabama. I mean. that Justice Haynes' decision certainly um, – does not hurt their interesting nugget on Justice Haynes and Caleb Downs. No one cares anymore because they're not coming to Georgia. But Justice told me that originally his mom and Caleb Downs' mom are good friends, and they were both going to name their sons Caleb. And then um, Justice's mom obviously had a change of heart. But, uh, yeah, that that certainly doesn't hurt Alabama and the Caleb Downs recruitment. Um, and you look at Richard Young, the second or the third part of this question, um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we've heard – and, and our friends at the Alabama site have heard as well that that Alabama sits in a really good place for Richard Young. It seems uh, like it's been that way for a while, too, Jed. Exactly. We had heard that before Haynes. So now the question is, does that change things? Obviously, Georgia has been going strong for Richard Young. Um, so is Oregon. Those are two players, as is Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon. So um, it's going to it's gonna see. I think the lo- if the longer it goes, I, I think – it might start to swing back towards he he will will go somewhere other than Alabama, um, but will that's definitely one to be monitored over the next uh, week or two because it seems like we had heard rumors that that it might be coming soon and um, now with it's it's kind of all in a wait and see pattern. No one really knows. So um, I definitely think Georgia's not dead there yet, but we'll just see how the justice thing um, affects Richard Young. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, Georgia football is not over. They are defending national champions, have a chance to uh, shoot up to the top three here um, for, for too long. 
Uh, have a lot more time for golf in the fall if they were over. I'd say looking at Ronald Acuna right here hitting 18 home runs in the first round of the home run derby. That's that's pretty impressive right there. But uh, Jed, here we go. Hit. uh, What's our uh, next question here from What's Up? What's up, dog? Also, first, speaking of in-state talent, we got Darius Smith Senior in the house. Mr. Smith, good to see you. Um, from what's up dog will slash can Todd Hartley recruit all offensive positions for the dogs. He might solve the problem in positions we are underachieving on. Would Kirby allow it? Okay. So <laughs> now yes, Todd Hartley is an unbelievable recruiter, but everybody also has to understand everybody has a, a kind of uh, it's different when you're recruiting literally one, maybe two guys for an entire cycle. Okay, instead of multiple guys, you know, four, five, six guys that you have to land and you can hone in on one. But here's the thing that that recruits people that are familiar with the the recruitment of those recruits, you know, family members, all this kind of stuff. Here's what they say about Todd Hartley, that literally you can feel just that how genuine he is in, in the recruitment and that he is genuinely one of uh, there's not a lot of coaches out there. I think that would be categorized as just banner human beings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, out there, Jed. But mm-hmm. Todd Hartley's a guy that everybody genuinely seems to seems to like, and he and that their families are, you know, convinced that he cares about their their young men, their their athletes, all that kind of stuff. So it is, uh, it, it's. It's a real, genuine thing with Todd Hartley. Now, yeah. I'm sure Todd Hartley's helping out with other positions. We know mm-hmm. that last year when you went and saw Jaheim Singletary, Todd Hartley mm-hmm. was big there with Jaheim Singletary. So, go ahead, Jeff. And I was just going to say, you know, Todd Hartley helped out with Nye Carr as, as well. So, and we talked about, you flipped that. Del McGee has been recruiting TJ Shanahan. These guys cross positions depending on areas and just maybe the um, – not luck of the draw, just how things happen sometimes. But you can't – I mean, I know this – I'm sure this question might be um, a little tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but that's just – I mean, guys help the whole – It's at some point it's a it's a team effort recruiting these guys. But uh, if, if – I mean, so many of these guys make positions based on – make decisions based on the uh, position coach at their position, right? And Todd Harley can be a great guy and he can do this all he wants, but at a certain point if a, if a recruit hasn't built – a strong relationship with the DB's coach or the, the running back, not the just giving examples, right. Then um, there's only so much he can do, but definitely he's a great asset to have on staff because he's helped with so many guys outside of the tight end position, which is, is obviously uh, gone pretty well in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but like you said, they do help each other. They also have, you know, if they have ties to a certain geographical area, right. in their background, mm-hmm. stuff like that, they're going to utilize that. So, yeah, of course. Kirby's gonna allow guys to uh, help each other do the strengths, you know, utilize their strengths and all the things that, that come along with that. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, MCS Dog One says, if Georgia does in fact decide on a quarterback in this class, who might they take a look at? Jed, I'm gonna let you have that one because I, uh, I, I don't think it's anybody. <laughs> Good. I was I was worried we might not get a quarterback question tonight with all the justice talk. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't see a – it's one of the – It's we've talked about, right? Will Georgia end up having a quarterback from somewhere? Like, there's a decent chance of that, but not necessarily from high school. I think if you're looking at high school quarterbacks, 
the because there's so many of these guys, right? I mean, that's part of the reason that Arch Manning's recruitment was so unique is that he's the top quarterback in the country, and yet he did decide till I forget early July or, or late June, whatever. And, and by that point, most of the top quarterbacks are off the board. So I hate to say it, you guys are going to kill me for this. You look at Casey Wiseman as a guy that Georgia has had interest in in the past, hasn't offered or anything, haven't gone super hard after him. He's a guy that could blow up with a strong senior season. Uh, he has been on the coaches' um, radar. I mean, Munkin told him last summer he liked his game, just he needs to get bigger and grow and all that kind of stuff. So unless it's him, unless Georgia likes what they see from him and decide to pull the trigger on an offer, I, I really don't see anybody in this high school class which, again, I mean, same can be said for other guys besides Case and Wisen, right? Some guy in state somewhere could have a huge senior season and Georgia decides to to pursue him. Um, but right now, as it stands right now, I think it's Case and Wiseman, maybe, if Georgia decides to offer. Um, but outside of that, I think they probably end up uh, looking in the portal for somebody. Yeah, I think, too, that you could see Georgia do the same at, at running back. I, I really don't know that Georgia's just going to take – a running back here just to take a running back if it doesn't get Richard Young or just Justice Haynes. You know, I know that um, Jamar Wilcox is a guy that, that they can take a look at depending on if he has a real strong, you know, senior year or not, similar to a Wiseman. But I really think that the, the transfer portal could be in play for Georgia and running back. Also, think about this. Here's the thing that could happen. Does this – with Justice Haynes and potentially Richard Young going somewhere else, does this force, maybe not force the hand, but does this not encourage that, hey, if Branson Robinson is showing that he's ready to get some carries like and, and is ready to really play, you know, let let the big dog eat, so to speak, you know, a little bit more his, his freshman year uh, because they're going to depend on him and there won't be quite as much, you know, depth depending on what they do and don't bring in behind him um it just could change that dynamic with how much playing time Branson Robinson gets in his freshman year in my opinion yeah and on the flip side of that it's obviously a different uh pitch with what these guys will be facing but you wonder if they turn more attention to convincing Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton to come back I see the animals outside the window agree um you know <laughs> when you look at what Chubb and Michelle did after 16 those guys could have easily gone pro and come back so you wonder do a uh, smart and company really decide to pitch those guys on, Hey, come back, be that featured or featured such as it is in the Georgia offense. Right. Um, be that guy for your senior season and, and really make uh, leave a lasting legacy in Athens. So that's something too. Um, but yeah, definitely transfer portal is, is in play at, at quarterback and at running back, I think. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I definitely think uh, that is, that's going to be the case. Uh, Fred says we want kids who want to be at Georgia. No disrespect to the Haynes family. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if, if Justice Haynes wanted to come to Georgia or wanted to commit to Georgia yesterday, Justice Haynes has every opportunity in the world to to do so. And that's the thing that I posted on the vault, kind of a lesson learned. You know, these some of these guys that you see um, that have every single opportunity, Jed, to commit, like that, that are clear number one priority guys. And, uh, you know, the longer it goes without it, it seems like, hey, uh, be, be prepared for something uh, that, that you weren't expecting coming about because – um, you know, it just seems seems like some guys go ahead and and pull the trigger early and be that. Now I know there's cases, Jed, of guys holding out till signing day, stuff like that. But there's there's a difference with some guys, especially a legacy and things of that nature. There was just a lot of factors there you, where you would think if that one was going to get done, it would have already been done. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of these, when, when people say these kids have had every chance to commit and these things, I think, well, I mean, obviously that's true. Justice Haynes could have committed six months ago and George would have accepted it. Right. But I think nowadays the thought process for most of these kids is I'm going to take my visits, which they have every right to do. Right. You can't fault them for that. Um, but that, the reason they take those visits and what can happen is you get op your eyes opened up to different things. You get to see different aspects of these programs, all kinds of stuff. Um, so things you think are, are pretty much um, a lot for a program, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Alabama, Texas, whatever, um, that always leaves that little window for another school to jump in. And that's what Alabama did in this Haynes recruitment credit to uh, Nick Saban and company for uh, taking advantage and seizing the opportunity. But um that's just how it is, I think, in, in modern college football now. Guys are going to take their visits, see what everything has to offer, and then um, you know things will fall where they fall after that. Yeah, for for sure. It's and, and I just do want to say, people in our uh, YouTube chat, there is a tremendous conversation going on right now with uh, Darius Senior and then a lot of these uh, guys in here talking about um, Darius Smith and what he basically that he can do everything on the football field, and uh, he's a he's a big 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 and i mean long long talented guy so uh that is for sure it'll be interesting to see so uh dare senior uh tristan uh tristram west all those guys we appreciate you watching here on the youtube channel again do us a favor hit that subscribe button throw us a like in there we really appreciate it wet uh rhett womack is in uh he's he's had uh, had some comments on here so we appreciate everybody tuning in over in the chat over there now, uh, medical medical dog says, "Do you think NIL promises will lead to more late flips and cycles?" Well, Jed, I think that kind of depends on, you know, do people uh, follow through with said promises? Because mm -hmm. here's 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 the thing with some of this, we all know that there are legal NIL things, and there are things that maybe aren't as legal, and there's things that are promised and, and things like that at, at various schools. And if someone is promising that and there is no legal binding contract, that would make me very nervous. You know, that, that would make me very nervous because, you know, you can take somebody's word uh, to a certain point, but if you're staking your entire, you know, future, where you're going to go, where you're going to play, I guess uh, people are just taking solace in that the transfer portal is, you know, pretty much open and you can just uh, get out of that situation. But uh, it seems like a lot of, you know, to kind of just, put in there with no with no documents or contracts in place he goes on to ask you know are contracts being signed there are contracts being signed once people get into college i know that it depends on varies on state jed and the rules if guys can take um take nil money while they're in high school can they can they not things of that nature it varies so um i just think that there will be more flips, but I think it's going to be less about flips and more about the transfer portal going forward and guys being like, oh, this isn't what I thought when I when I was being recruited here. They they said I was going to get X, Y, and Z, and then I didn't. Yeah, and and there's rumors of, of – or, or not rumors, but when you saw Jordan Addison leave for USC and you hear all the things about the millions of dollars he's getting with NIL and all this kind of stuff, so – it's just such a – I mean, Greg Sankey said this in media days today. He's like, we can't go on when you've got – what, you got four, you probably got nine or ten states, whatever, in the SEC, and you've got that many sets of different state laws, right? I mean, that's not a tenable model for success. They need 
I mean, he was saying today, and I think I agree with him, they need either a uniform, whether it's federal, NCAA, somebody. There's got to be a uniform standard or at least similar state laws across the SEC country. Now, I don't know how you manage that when it's obviously independent state legislatures and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> to put my AP uh, government knowledge uh, from ninth grade to use there, <laughs> but um, it's, I don't know, it's it's such a, when we say this every week, I feel like it's just such a, nobody nobody knows. There's a word I, I probably can't say on the air to, to describe what it is, but it's, I mean, no one knows. It's, it's so up in the air. People are still figuring it out. I mean, we, we talked about this last summer, right, of, What's NIL going to do? We still don't know. Um, it's it's still being sorted out. Eventually, there will be legislation. It's just until then, it's kind of you do what you do, you do what you can do. And and this was a really terrible answer, but I just, I just don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, well, it's, the, on the state, the schools, the I, kids, it's all different. I thought that Lane Kiffin's, uh, like you mentioned before, I thought Lane Kiffin's statement. Uh, on NIL when he talked talked about it at media days a day he talked about hey you know they asked should coaches be involved well right now technically did that coaches can't facilitate exactly. by the letter they can't facilitate these rules so he goes what's going to happen are the boosters going to decide who plays because they pay them uh, I saw a YouTube video the other day of uh, Nick Saban speaking at an AFCA coaches uh, clinic back right when he came to Alabama from Miami and he was talking about how the owner of the Miami Dolphins would call him up and say, hey, I'm going to pay this guy X amount on this signing bonus. And Nick Saban would say, I don't think he's worth it, worth that because he said, I don't think any of them are worth that. He said, but uh, if you pay him that, he will be the starting, you know, whatever position. And that's kind of how, how, it, how it goes. Um, so in, to Lane Kiffin's point, are the boosters going to be the ones, you know, hey, we paid this guy, you know, uh, we got him on a $7 million contract over the next four years. He needs to be on the field as a freshman and get it going. You know, is, is that going to be the case? Because if that becomes the case, then I think you're going to see even more chaos than what you have. So, yes, uh, there there's definitely something to embracing NIL and really kind of going after things. And then there's also, um, you know, there's also the deal of, okay, find the balance of are the coaches still in control? Jed, you still with us, man? Can you hear us? Because you've kind of froze up there. I'm going to remove you and bring you back in. So I think we might have lost uh, Jed for a minute. I'm going to kick him out of the uh, studio, and he, he can uh, he can come back in here in just a minute. But so, guys, uh, that those are our questions on YouTube or on uh, the vault there. If you have any questions on YouTube, anything you want answered, uh, we'll go ahead and, and do those. Fred F. says, how sustainable is NIL? Look at the Aggies. They're not even top 20 in recruiting this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, eventually, <laughs> you know, there's a, a quote that, that I, I heard somebody say one time about socialism. Eventually, you run out of other people's money, right? And that, that's what's going to happen with NIL a little bit here. So it's uh, interesting to see, you know, what uh, – What's going to happen uh, with all, some of these big rec recruits? Now, I know Texas and and uh, Tex Texas and Texas A and M are never going to really run out of money, but uh, it, you know, it, it, are you going to be able to spend the same amount on guys year over year? That'll be interesting. So, uh, Jed, we just had Fred F asked, "Is how sustainable is NIL?" And I think, um, you know, to your point. Uh, like you said about Lane Kiffin and, and Lane Kiffin said, I think there's going to have to end up being 
uh, legislation, a cap, something like that put in place. Now, I know people will always find ways uh, to get around it. it. That's that's how it is, uh, you know, in, in the world of college football. But I think that is, uh, you know, where, where it's headed, where people, you know, there's going to have to be some uniformity for it to be sustainable. There has to be. I mean, there's, and I think it's got to come from either the NCAA or whatever governing body ends up replacing the NCAA if that's what happens or from the federal level. Cause I just don't see how all these different states, cause you think, okay, say we end up with this two super conference model, just for example, that's what 20, 22 different States. If you count the sec, the big 10 and some of these other schools that you're all going to have to have those States come up with similar state laws. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. So it's gotta be from the federal level or from a, a, a collegiate athletics governing body and it just has to happen i mean i don't see any other way around it with what it has become with recruiting inducements and and thing all these things we hear about playing it's 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 gotta there's gotta there's an answer out there somewhere in terms of of getting it i don't want to say under control but but regulated to the point where it's not just a a bottomless money pit people are throwing money bottomless pit people are throwing money down yeah for sure so uh that's that's kind of all the questions we had on the vault, and I think uh, YouTube for right now that everybody's uh, put in. If you have any more on YouTube, you got to you know just a little while here before we sign off. So if you got one on YouTube, you can go ahead and throw it in. But um, we appreciate everybody tuning in tomorrow at six thirty at night. You've got Jamal Jarrett's decision. Jed will be up there covering that, um, and uh, you know it seems like it's a Georgia North Carolina deal right there with Georgia. Um, Tentatively, you know, being in the lead. So we'll see if that holds true, holds true through the announcement uh, tomorrow night. Um, and then also uh, you have Kelton Smith, I believe, on the 21st uh, lineman, offensive lineman out of Columbus. 22nd. Uh, 20, 22nd. Hey, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of dates here, a lot of dates. Yeah, Kelton Smith. When you're, when you're a national guy and they pay you the money, like this is this is what you got. <laughs> This is, what, this, this is what Jed gets paid the big bucks for. So, Kelton Smith uh, on the 22nd, and then you have um, Janelle Aguirre on the 23rd. So, could be a big week for Georgia. Georgia could, if everything holds steady in the of the teams ahead of them over the next few days, Georgia could find themselves uh, by the time the, the sun sets on the 23rd at number three in the recruiting rankings. So, Get into the vault. Make sure you're a member of UGASports.com. Like I said, subscribe, turn on notifications. Um, we really appreciate it. We've got two, uh, two questions. We'll hit rapid fire right here. I think um, it says Con uh, Connor Lou, Auburn. Um, I don't know. I think it's a Georgia-Auburn deal right now. That's still a little bit away, away in, in uh, you know, Jed. But I think you got to kind of see what happens in the offensive line uh, recruiting room before um, August gets here. Yeah, and I think that's one where Kelton Smith's um, decision could influence that. Um, how things are shaping up with Bo Hewley at that point could influence that, how the staff feels about keeping him in the class, although Connor Lewis is probably going to end up at inside anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very – I think the guy that we all kind of want to know about is – Monroe Freeling because he's a guy that he doesn't do a ton of interviews and all this kind of stuff, but he's a guy that um, I know Ben has, has been pretty adamant that, that Georgia sits in a good spot for him. So that's a guy that could swing 
this class in, in two different directions. I know Georgia and Notre Dame are, are kind of the top two there. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one we'll take here. Uh, how do you all like Georgia's chances with five-star uh, wide receiver? I, I assume he's talking about Hakeem Williams there. So um, with Hakeem Williams, I think it's a, a Georgia-Texas A&M and Pittsburgh battle. All three are in it. Yes, Pittsburgh. Hey, who knows? They, they got uh, bit by the NIL deal with Jordan Atkinson. Like we said earlier, maybe they, uh, you know, pony up and uh, and and try to get a nice NIL package and maybe bring uh, Hakeem Williams to uh, to Pitt. But, you know, I think Georgia and Texas A&M are the two most likely spots. So we'll, we'll see from, from there. But, guys, for Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch all of you next Monday night for another episode of Rumors vs. Facts. Make sure to turn it, uh, tune in to uh, Roddy, Coach Donnan, and Dane tomorrow. And subscribe, turn on notifications, give us, uh, you know, give us some comments. We appreciate all that. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.